Welcome to another fun-filled weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keita McGee on Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. And you can follow this show, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming, excuse me, um, courtesy of War Media by simply searching for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, wherever you download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. You can also visit our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You're going to not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing. Look alive! All right. Like, share, and subscribe. Yes. Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. Yes. <laughs> I know it's starting to get tiresome, but they still leave trails behind themselves, and we're are left to pick up the pace of where those tracks are coming from. What do you mean, Sid? Well, let me tell you. If you watched that garbage of a press conference on Wednesday, if you listen, have been listening to this program throughout the last few weeks, we told you what were they going to say and how they were going to say it if they would have made the playoffs. Well, they made the playoffs. They got their butts beat by the Saints. And now they're uh, left cleaning up the mess and – Picking up dust. <laughs> Lakina, <laughs> I'll start with you. Did anything surprise you from Wednesday's press conference? Oh, no. No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I listened to it for like the first 10 to 15 minutes. I was like, okay, this is a bunch of word salad. And I had a little, I had a little gift with, you know, the Tasman Dell with the salad, making salad and as mm-hmm. only he can. I mean, to, to, you know, for for George McCaskey to say that, well, you know, there, you know, that that three-game winning streak showed resilience, and you know, we'll, we'll ask Jason this because he was there at the, at the presser. I'm sure. Look, I'm sure I commend him and all the other, you know, our buddy, our buddies, Kaylee, Charlie, Mark, Grody, Jeff Dickerson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for all for all of them being at that presser and and not want to like like shake like the, those 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 gentlemen because <laughs> I'm, I'm like okay, you're not they're not like it was a bunch of like gibberish and you know. Hey, you know, we're going to, you know, that was a big litmus test of what's to come. They showed resiliency and, and this and that. I mean, I, I just like, and to, if you, if you saw like Bears Twitter and, you know, on social media and, and such, I mean, everybody's basically just, they're going to give up. A lot of people are saying that, you know, they're going to give their season tickets. We're assuming that they'll be able to, you know, let people in social field uh, this, you know, next season, mm-hmm. you know, to, I'm, I'm give up my Bears fandom and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I guess it's just showing you, and like I said, we'll ask Jason to see how he feels, but it seems as if that they're, they're content with mediocrity. And if you look at their yeah. schedule, if you, you know, I'll just, I'll just finish this. Uh, if you look at this, their schedule next year, it's tough. It's tough. They got to play the AFC North and NFC West. Mm-hmm. So just about all those teams that are pretty good. So you may be looking at another eight and eight or maybe at worst. So it's just going to be the same old, same old. Yeah, that's the question right now. As you, as Lakina uh, referenced, uh, Jason Leisure, the beat writer for the Chicago Bears from the Chicago Sun-Times, will join us here in a few minutes to help dissect the mess that was being spewed out by management from Wednesday. And, of course, George McCaskey was all, all over Chicago radio. We'll break that down as well. And we'll review the 2020 season for the Bears 
with Mr. Leisure coming up in a few minutes. Uh, getting back to where you, where you were saying, Lakina, we talked about this on our last episode. Uh, the, the Bears have a, lot, have a lot of work to do. You need to find a new quarterback, potentially. It looks like Trubisky uh, may not be here, which we kind of all suspect. Of course, you know, he, uh, he had a few party shots for Matt Nagy during the last month of the season when they were winning, but why wasn't his office operating like this uh, for much of the year, even though he was benched by, for, for Nick Foles. <laughs> but uh, get, getting back to management, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to point out now, I asked uh, Jason when he comes on, his colleague Mark Potash, who does a great job at the Sun-Times, he asked a question for each, Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. Let's hit on Ted Phillips, who's your president of the organization, who was your director of finance at one time in that mm-hmm. organization, by the way. Mm-hmm. Do your homework, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Potash asked Ted, what was the contract status for Ryan Pace, the GM, and Matt Nagy, the head coach, and uh, were their contracts aligned? Ted Phillips goes, I'm just paraphrasing a little bit. He goes, well, that's not part of this conversation. It, it doesn't matter. Well, it kind of does because – <laughs> if you look at the performances, how they fared, it's not been good enough. As we said on our last episode, you ha- you look on the outside of the car, it looks good. You could drive it around, show it off to everybody. But you go look on the inside, are the parts working correctly? How long has these parts been in here? Does it have an oil change? Does the- are the tires good? So <laughs> when you get look inside, it's not as pretty as it is on the outside. And the second question that Potash asked, it was intended uh, for George McCaskey, which he later answered. But Potash asked, Ted Phillips jumped in about the fans. Well, since the fans weren't allowed in the, in the building this season, Potash asked Ted Phillips, well, could you gauge uh, uh, the temperature of the, of the Bears fandom since they weren't able to come to the games this year as far as um, – being upset with the team, they're concerned with the team, and they were talking about uh, fans not showing up in the past, you know, about the no-shows, which looks bad for any team. The Ted Phillips goes, well, I don't need to see any no-shows to gauge about the, about the fans being mad at the team. Uh, but we're happy with our, our season ticket holders and our sweet buyers, and, well, we, we know what they want, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're really out of touch. Mm-hmm. You're oh, yeah. really out of touch. And then George McCaskey followed up with his version. He said, you know, because he famously walks around the parking lot every few home games every year to get a real temperature of the fans. I think he wants to do it, but we all know that it's a business and money is the bottom line. He said, you know, I've been, I don't know if he meant this as a joke or try to blow off Potsy, but he said he's been answering quote unquote hate mail the last few weeks. I said, anybody sending hate mail. You're stupid. You could be upset, but let's not go overboard here. So, but I, I, I just, you know, the the Bears management when they have their feet to the fire, they do not respond well. But the heat is not turned on them hot enough. It just isn't. And this is why we've been experiencing mediocrity for the last at least 35 years since their last Super Bowl following the '85 season. Well. Well, I think the problem is that the Bears are still running like an, a mom and pop organization. And, mm-hmm. and that's and that's unfortunate because you look at some of the other quote unquote mom and pops. You look at the Packers and the Steelers and the Giants. I mean, yeah, they're still you know like generational, but 
they they evolved their thinking has evolved they're not thinking like you know business people they're thinking about football people too and un unfortunately the bears are still being run like a business it's not being run like a like a football team there's there are no football people running the bears right now and you know, unfortunately for the Bears, they're they're kind of a national joke at this point. Unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say joke, but sort of like a national sort of like you know average, if you will. And I, I think that's been you know that's part of the problem the last few years. I mean, yes, they they made some moves. Yes, they brought in Khalil Mack, but they had to give up a lot of you know draft picks to do mm -hmm. it. They moved up to get Mitch Trubisky, which wasn't necessary, and they, and basically John Lynch basically fleeced them. <laughs> You know, basically. So it, it, it's it's unfortunate that at this at this point in this juncture that especially now, I, I think look, they're look, they're getting their money. You know, the bears, you know, the bears, you know, people at the top, you know, the ownership, you know, they're getting their money from the T V contracts and mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll look as long as they're not like, you know, three and thirteen or one and like fifteen or something like that, I mean they won't make any real changes and this is probably unfortunately that they would have been better that the team would have been better off losing out because at least then they would have gotten real change now you're gonna get me or ryan pace will perhaps maybe he'll you're gonna you're gonna depend on him to, to, to pick a quarterback again or you know make no the draft pick i mean is this a is this a lame duck season i mean we know the contracts the you know, details of the players why can't we know about the coaches and the other personnel people that that's not right and I don't blame fans for being upset about it. And I, I just, I, I kind of feel like as if that if you have a lot of fans sort of giving up, sort of throwing up their hands and say, you know what, Hey, you know, you guys don't care about us. Why should we care about you? You're listening to second city sports weekend edition along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we discuss the Chicago bears, 2020 uh, season in review, we'll have Jason leisure from the Chicago sun times on in a few minutes to help break the press conference down from this past Wednesday and review the season overall. Lakina, you brought up the fans uh, talking about throwing up their hands. It's almost sound like that old Marvin Gaye song, in Inner City Blues. <laughs> Makes me want to holler and throw up off my hands. <laughs> I won't take anymore. But, uh, but let's be honest here. Throughout our lifetime, Lakina, not telling our ages too much, even though I'm 29, 29. <laughs> but, Throughout our lifetime, we've seen uh, and heard fans being upset. If you you know when you listen to local sports talk radio, uh, you um, watching these shows on local TV, and now going through Bears Twitter and you know social media, and the, many fans express their opinions now since we're in a uh, social media uh, age. We get upset for a moment, but. Like I said before, the heat is not turned up to the fire on Bears management enough. We keep getting mediocre results. Let's be honest here, Lakina. When the gates do open up, but I think they will, it, whether it be partial or full capacity in September of, of next season, let's just say 10,000 people gave up their season tickets for the Bears. You know there will be 10,000 people waiting to take those seats, and there's more in waiting in line right now as we speak. So the Bears management are correct in this sense. Yeah, you can get upset. Yeah, we're with you, but we know that there are more people waiting for season tickets than ever before. We, they keep raising prices every year. Uh, you have a mediocre product at best, but we know that you guys will come to the games. We know that it's a social event. We know it's social status walking around the city of Chicago in the suburbs saying you have season tickets to Bears games. Let's just call it what it is. 
Well, and yeah, and, and I'm sure you know, they'll be waiting. People will be waiting in the wings to make you know to get those tickets for people who probably don't want them. And like you said, there's always going to be people waiting in the wings. And look, we saw what happened with the Bulls. You know, what finally made you know change happen there. We saw with the with the uh, with the Blackhawks years ago, especially not having television there. So it, it, I think will will it have to take the fans spreading the message or going with the message? Who who knows? But It'll be interesting to see how, how it goes if they do let fans in the stands next season. Yeah, it will be interesting to see and discuss these issues and more uh, surrounding the Chicago Bears. We have uh, the Chicago Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, Mr. Jason Leisure. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason, Jason Leisure. Once again, at Jason Leisure. That's L-I-E-S-E-R. Jason, welcome to the pro- program. How are you today? I'm good. I just signed up. Am I, I thought I was like uh, early and now I feel like I'm late. Like you guys already started. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no you're good. No, you're not good. At <laughs> not at all. We're good. We're, all right. we're I've been looking this. forward to this. I, I listened to you guys most recent episode uh, coming off the Saints game. I thought it was pretty good. You guys hammered a lot of the same things that have caught my attention. Well, thank you very much for Thanks. the support. Thank yeah, you, we've been you. discussing here about the, the press conference that took place this past Wednesday at um, Palace mm. Hall. Of course, you were part of the uh, media Zoom call. We all both watched and lis- listened yeah. to Boy, it. Boy, that went great, huh? Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and, Lots of fun, I'm sure that was. Yeah. And as we talked about before, you came on uh, a few minutes ago. If you listen to our episodes of the last couple of weeks, we told you what the Bears management were going to say, how they're going to say it. Be honest with you, Jason, um, not just as a talking head, but as a fan, I'll be honest with you. If I really wanted to be upset, I couldn't because I knew what they were going to do. If you know something that's going to happen before it happens, you can't really be surprised. And that's what we experienced on Wednesday. Sydney, we talk about this all the time with, uh, you know, at the Sun-Times, like with my colleagues, uh, Patrick Finley and Mark Potash, you're, you're always writing about what they should do Versus telling people what they probably will do. So the, the whole thing for me the, the, in the past season, seeing this go so badly for the second year in a row, this isn't just a knee-jerk reaction. This has been two years or even three years. Really, If you really want to be honest, like how there, there's – you could really pick some holes in this offense from the good season, from 2018. They got mm-hmm. a lot of help defensively. Uh, Trubisky in particular, like, had almost – you know, he had a quarter of his touchdown passes in one game. The rest of it was not that great. But – you, you're, I'm sitting here saying this isn't headed the right way. They need to blow this up. They need to do the hard work of a rebuild. That being said, they probably won't. They're probably going to want to avoid all that. They're gonna, they don't want to go through a 3-13 and 13 season, which is usually the, what the first thing that happens when you start rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look for a reason to bring everybody back and keep it the same. And here we are, like, let's do nothing and hope that that solves everything. It's just it's interesting because if we you know, we all saw the game last Sunday, you know, with the Saints, and you saw just the undisciplined, you know, with you know Villa being Villa being thrown out and everything else that 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 transpired, even you know after that. What, I mean, did you? I mean, did you did you did you really did, at the presser? I know I'm I'm like blabbling here, but did you, did you really hear anything any different? Did you sort of already knew? I know you you alluded to it earlier, but did you you kind of already knew what what was gonna gonna be said? Because it just seems like that George McCaskey and I guess the brass is gonna just gonna settle for mediocrity, and then you know what? Eh, whatever. We're breaking our money, so who cares? 
Yeah, they they probably wouldn't say it that way, but I think that's what's happening. I mean, they're lo- they're looking for a way to convince themselves of something that looks delusional to me. They're looking for a way to talk themselves into, hey, they're close. They're close. This, you know, with a couple good bounces or maybe a good free agent side, this will be the 12 and 14 from 2018 again. And I just don't think that's going to be the case. You guys were talking in your podcast coming off the Saints game that you knew some things were going to happen at Hallis Hall this week. They didn't really. Really nothing happened. And that press conference is so bizarre to me, at least. I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of it. It's so bizarre because George McCaskey is, I mean, if you didn't know that the decision was that they were, they were keeping these guys, you might think they were firing them based on the things he said. He would basically lay out all the things that everyone else agrees with that are not right with this team, and then we're keeping them. It, 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 really, was, it really was convoluted to me. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Jason. Uh, keeping with that theme of the press comments, we brought it up before you came on. Uh, your colleague, Mark Potash, who I think next to you is one of the best reporters in the city. Stars of the show. In the city. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a star of the show, thanks to Ted Phelps, who's the uh, president of, of the Chicago Bears. Of course, Potsy asked a question about, about the contract status of Matt Nagy. And Ryan Pace, we are led to believe that Ryan Pace has next year and that's it, and Matt Nagy has two years. So Potsy asked Seth Phillips, what's the uh, contract status of both those gentlemen? He's, and Phillips responded with, uh, their status is not part of the discussion. I said, wait a minute, it is, especially holding this uh, oppressor saying that they were supposed – that." We all thought they were going to be gone. You bring them back, and you're saying that their status is contract status is not important. It, uh, now I'm responding as as a fan. They, they go uh, talking about Phil, Phil, Ted Phillips in particular, and you could say Brian Pace as well. That uh, m- most both of those guys just walk around, especially with that answer, like. You're insulting the fans. You're insulting your customers. Like, we know more than you do, and there's nothing you can do about it. I was like, you cannot insult your, your fans and your customers th- that way. That, 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 that really didn't sit right with me. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that you see it that way because I think as a media member for the last 15 years or whatever it's been, I have found repeatedly that media access and how people treat the media, how coaches, GMs, players treat the media – No one wants to hear about it. No one ever wants to hear about it. But what they don't understand when they don't uh, care about that the way that you do, what you just laid out, Sydney, is Mm -hmm. when they are doing that to me, they're doing it to you. When they're not giving me Mm -hmm. the answer, they're not giving you the answer. When they don't respect enough to give a, a real, insightful, truthful response to something I ask, they don't care enough to give it to you. Better access and better honesty and better accountability, all those things for the reporters is means better communication and better content with the fans. Well, it, it was word salad, basically, right? I, I'm sure, Jason, I'm sure listening to this, like, what, what, what kind of went through your mind, you know, as you were, as, you know, Ted Phillips and George McCaskey and then Pace were all talking, like, it, it, it yeah. just seemed, it kind of just kind of go like, okay, what, yeah. what, what, what's going on here? Like, are they, they're, they're treating us like we're all stupid here, football stupid. I mean, what, what was your, your kind of like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, let's just take the dictionary and turn it upside down and shake it out and see what words come out. I mean, that's, that's really what it was. <laughs> it, it was not very, <laughs> I made things, it made everything worse. Like, I mean, how many people do you know that think this is the right decision? Let's just start there. 
I, I don't think I know anyone that thinks this is a good move for the Bears. And then how much worse did they make that by basically telling you, eh, you're probably right, but we're going to do it anyway. This press conference did not help. Jason Leisure, Chicago Bears beat Wilder for the Chicago Sun-Times, joining us here on Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. Jason, let's transition over to on the field play right now as the Bears have a lot of decisions to make uh, this upcoming offseason. Of course, we don't know what the salary cap is going to be. We all know this is going to come right. down. How much we don't know because there are no fans in the stands this year. Um, all these franchises, including the Bears, uh, receive money courtesy of television. But I want to start with the quarterback position in Mitch Trubisky. Of course, yeah. he's, uh, the team started out 3-0, and of course, in that third game. He got yanked in that Atlanta game, which the Bears came back and won. Of course, they struggled with Nick Foles. It, tur it turned out that he wasn't really the answer. Of course, Mitch Trubisky gets back in there. The Bears win three out of their last five games, I, I want to say, to get into the playoffs. And, and Mitch looked good against uh, the bad defenses, but against Green Bay in this last game against New Orleans, uh, not so much. I want to ask you, has Mr. Trubisky played his last game in the Bears uniform? If, if next year is going to be a success, then yes. If, if they cannot possibly be going for it the way that they are and saying we're keeping everybody, we're not going to rebuild, and then come back next season with him or Foles. I, I, there was this big conversation, I guess, nationally or on Twitter. I saw this was trending during that game that people were like, why don't they put in Foles? The rest of the country is very confused about Nick Foles. If Nick Foles didn't play in your city, uh, other than Philadelphia, where he's the hero, then mm -hmm. you probably don't realize how bad Nick Foles is. I mean, I, he had this phenomenal run. No one can ever take that away from him. It's one of the most incredible things anyone's ever done in any sport, in my opinion, to be the backup quarterback and come in and win all the playoff games, win the Super Bowl. That team had a top-notch defense, top-notch offensive line, top-notch running it they had everything yeah. and he got and he played well too he didn't it wasn't just like riding their coattails he played very very well too the rest of his career has been very underwhelming compared to that he had he he hit it at the right time but there's you know that's what a month I mean there's nine other years that show that that's not who Nick Foles is going into next season with Nick Foles as your quarterback and he's the only one under contract that would be a disaster. And I don't think that bringing back Trubisky would be much better. This idea that he fits their offense or they figured some things out late in the season, what they figured out was playing the Jaguars. And you don't get to play the Jaguars every week. It just doesn't work like that. So I think <laughs> they've got to swing bigger. And they might still get it wrong. Like if you trade for Sam Darnold or you trade for Carson Wentz, maybe that doesn't work out. I can't tell you that either one of those guys is going to be a star. But that's, a, that's trying. That's a good effort if you go get one of those guys. I think going into next season with Mitch Trubisky, you, it would be more delusional than anything we heard this week, thinking that that is going to work. What about Allen Robinson? I mean, we've all been saying, I'll oh, pay the guy, pay the guy. I mean, he scrubbed all his bare stuff right before the season. You know, they could perhaps maybe sneak in there and get the franchise tag on him. But if you're A-Rob, do you want to come back? Uh, no. No, I don't. He spent his entire <laughs> career playing with Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Mitch Trubisky. And I, God knows how he's been so good mm -hmm. with that. Don't you wonder what he might do with a really good quarterback? And more importantly, don't you think he wonders what he might do oh, with yeah. a great quarterback? I mean, somebody's going somebody's gonna to pay that guy. Now the, now the Bears probably have to. The Bears probably have to make sure they keep him, though, whether that's the franchise tag or whatever. 
you can't keep all this together and postpone the rebuild and say we're going for it and then let him walk out the door because how how many times Sydney over the last two years would you have said that he's the only good thing about their offense the only good thing every time since he's been here <laughs> he's been he's been the only consistent uh, um, player on the offensive side he's Pretty the top much. of 10 probably top realistically top 15 receiver in the National Football League he's He's the number one option. He's played like AFC. He's been here in the Bears uniform. I, I find it impressive what, you, Lakina, you were saying about how he uh, scrubbed his social media. Everybody remembers that day back in September. I yeah. think it was right after – I think it was the second week of the season. He scrubbed his social media. He did I'm, – I'm told and I reported he did float the idea of a trade. He didn't go quite as far to demand a trade, but more suggesting it. Like, if you don't want to pay yeah. me, then you should trade me somewhere. That's the worst he did. That's the most trouble he caused. This is not like James Harden. This is a guy mm -hmm. who did not get paid. And, and anyone that follows sports closely knows that it's not actually about the money. It's about the respect that comes with the money and feeling valued by a team. It's not that Allen Robinson needs $17 million a year instead of 16 so he can afford his beach house or something like that. He'll be fine financially either way. It's about respect. It's about getting paid what your peers are getting paid. And this guy... I mean, can you imagine going to your boss and saying, I deserve more money and you being correct about that and them saying, you know, too bad. And then you come in every day and keep your mouth shut and do excellent work anyway for that same boss every day, knowing that that guy didn't respect you enough, didn't value enough to pay you what you were. You finished out your contract. You worked hard every day. The worst thing you did was take up some Bears logos off your social media and suggest the most logical thing in the world, which is if you don't want to pay me, trade me to somebody who does want to pay me. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'd say he did a pretty good job with all this. Yep. Staying with the Bears offense and the wide receivers, Jason, let's go to Anthony Miller. I was actually one of the few people that were excited that Ryan Pace moved up to get him in that second round. Oh. Showed some promise a couple of years ago with seven touchdowns or what have you. Last year he was injured, immature, but he started to turn around a little bit toward the end of last year. This year has been a big disappointment. Uh, Darnell Mooney, the rookie, has uh, taken his spot, has really shown that he could uh, be one of the best young receivers in time. But Anthony Miller did something stupid uh, last Sunday by being kicked out of the game after being warned throughout the week not to uh, uh, stoop down to the Saints defensive backs uh, tactics. He did it anyway, being selfish and cost the Bears. I think they were going to lose anyway, but you cost your team a chance for uh, uh, making it a, a more of a competitive game. Do you believe that Anthony Miller has played his last game in the Bears uniform? No, he'll be back. And the reason is because he's very – budget friendly. I think he's going to make, I, I wish I had this in front of me right now, but I think it's less than $2 million next year for the final year of his contract. He's still on his rookie deal. He is productive. He, as your number three receiver, you could do worse. Um, but I heard you guys were hammering him on your last podcast too. And rightfully so. I mean, yeah, yeah that is just <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, it's, it, I would have thought it was funny to hear that they had a meeting on a Wednesday morning that on somebody's calendar, Sydney, it says meeting about CJ Gardner Johnson tactics or antics or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was on the schedule for that day. That's that, even if it had worked, I would have found that funny that they held a meeting about one particular guy instigating on the other team. And then the fact that it didn't work is just mind blowing that Anthony Miller, I mean, 
you could rehash this entire thing going all the way back to, I think it was November when they played the Saints. And he, Anthony Miller watched one of his closest coworkers, one of the guys in the receiver room, do the same thing. He saw it all happen. And then they held a meeting about it in which they said they showed video clips of things that C.J. Gardner-Johnson does and says, look, here's what he does. Here's what he's going to do to you. He'll do this. He'll say this. Yep. These are his tactics. Don't, don't get suckered by it. Then you have Anthony Miller coming out and being asked about it by the media and saying, first off, first off, when, he was when the name was mentioned, Anthony Miller goes, who? Come on, man. Sydney, Lakina, we should have been able to tell right then there was going to be a problem. Oh, that yeah. answer yeah. right there should have told you there yeah. would be a problem. For, for all of, and then he says like blah blah blah, like you can't you can't fall for that. And then boom, what does he do? Fall for it. This guy is so good. He's so talented. Anthony Miller. If you watch him run, it's unbelievable how fast he is. But that, there's so much more to that than there's so much more to making it in the NFL or making it as a professional athlete in general than just being physically gifted. And this was the second summer in a row going into the season where we were told. Hey, Anthony Miller kind of didn't know the plays last year, but now he does. Don't worry about it. Whenever you hear that, whenever you hear, hey, so-and-so used to be undisciplined, uh, but now he's not. It's like they're finally being honest about what happened last year. Usually that problem is not fixed. They say, oh, this guy had really bad eating habits, but he's fixed that now. It usually isn't. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, you, sometimes those guys turn it around, but they're usually – that's usually a sign that there's going to be more problems in the future. Let's go to the defensive side for a second. I mean, they, they, were, they were great at times, but they were worst at times. Where do you see this defense? I mean, I know Akeem Hicks is sort of the heart and soul of it. Um, Khalil Max, you know, doing his thing. Robert Quinn, I mean, we've only mentioned him like maybe like two or three times <laughs> this whole season. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. where, where, where do you see this defense uh, ne next season? The window is closing unless they make some moves. I mean, it's still the same guys. It's kind of, it's a little bit like the Blackhawks. You could go to a Blackhawks game and watch all the same guys that won all the titles, but they're not what they used to be. And you're seeing that now where some guys are aging and it's, they don't, they're not ever going to get younger. They're going to continue to get old. Danny Trevathan is going to be 32 next season. He's not going to go back to 30 or 29 or whatever. Um, I think that you're seeing between injuries, between departures and free agency over the years, and, you know, a mistake like Robert Quinn. I don't know how you could call that anything other than a mistake to give him the second biggest contract of any player in free agency last year and have it give you two sacks. Uh, that's not working. And I don't know how you fix that. Um, you're going you're gonna to have to – gonna, there's going to be some pain to fix that. For example, you mentioned Akeem Hicks. He's still really good. But they owe him – got to either pay him – I believe uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now, but I believe it's they can pay him $12 million next year, or they can take a 1.5 million cap hit to cut him. And I think if you're the bears, you need that money I mean, as good as Akeem Hicks is and as hard as it would be to lose him. You need to spend that money somewhere else right now. They sunk all their money this year into that pass rush. Hicks, Mack and Quinn that accounts for 25 to 30% of their payroll, I believe, or 25 to 30% of the salary cap. And that actually is fine as a strategy if it works. If you, you can spend like that on a, pa a pass rush, is that important? Then it's worth it because it, it changes the game for the opposing quarterback. It's how you get takeaways. It's how they got takeaways like crazy in 2018. <laughs> yeah. But if you, man, if you spend all that money there and then it doesn't work, you don't have the right guys. Robert Quinn is not the right guy. Then where does that leave you everywhere else? If you've, if you've put all your money into that and that doesn't work, 
you've been saving money at all these other places going, you know, trying to save money at all these other places, uh, you're in big trouble. And that's what happened this year. Yeah. Chuck Pagano, now their ex-defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, all of a sudden retires uh, following the game last Sunday against the Saints. Uh, did you see this coming, Jason? Because I didn't, of course, reading through uh, people's thoughts through social media. You could take it for what it's worth. And then myself talking to a couple of people outside of here. Uh, I got the sense that um, some people's opinions are that Chuck Pagano was made the scapegoat, but not really made the scapegoat. By him retiring and he saw exactly. some things that may come downhill that he doesn't want to be a part of. What was your thoughts about Pagano retiring uh, following the, the loss to the Saints last Sunday? I, th I think I you're think. on it, Sydney. I think that's I, I he would his job would have been in question going into the offseason anyway, not entirely because he did such a horrible job or anything like that, but they've got to they've got to make somebody the scapegoat. They've got somebody's got it, they got to be able to say they did something, and I. If you're not going to fire Pace and you're not going to fire Nagy, you know, Chuck Pagano is kind of an easy target. That's an interesting job now. I want, I'm want. i curious what you guys think about that job. Would you want to be taking this job right now, defensive coordinator of the Bears? It's a defense that has been in decline, clearly. It's inarguable. Statistically, it's been in decline. But it's still really good. There's still some really good personnel there. But you're also there's big opportunity. But you're also walking into a situation where it's it's win or get fired for the entire staff. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Are they going to have trouble filling that job, or is that a job people will want? Well, Wade Phil well Wade Phillips tweeted earlier that hey, I want to get back into it. But if you're Wade Phillips, would you want would you want to get back into that? Especially with like you said, I mean, no. they, they may they may release Hicks because they 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 not, may not have a choice. Quinn has been very product consistently productive, so. I maybe maybe a young defensive coordinator maybe want to prove himself if they do decide to fire everybody and he can probably be considered for the job. But if you're a veteran DC or you know looking for you know to kind of move up, I don't I wouldn't take the job. What about you? Yeah, Sam? I'm kind of with you, Kino, on that one. If you're a young up and coming coordinator, you would take that job because one is the is the Chicago Bears, the charter franchise of the NFL, and number two, you'll still have some talent left over. How much I, we don't know because of the cap. But if you're young, uh, up and coming to uh, uh, to uh, make your mark in the league and, and stuff up your resume, make your resume look good, I would take the job. I think they're realistically, I think they're going more in that direction. Like you say, given the situation that you could be let go by this time next year, the Bears don't do anything significant. It's still a good defense. I think people get overly frustrated and overreact, and they say, oh, the defense is horrible. It's not horrible. It's just not great anymore. It's good. It's probably – it's top half of the league. It's maybe even the 10th best defense in the league. So it's, it's not like it's terrible. It's a, still a good defense. But the way this team was built was have the best defense in the league, have like a top three defense to overcome how bad you are offensively. And that's where people have gotten frustrated. But the Bears are still a good defense. When you think about taking a job, taking a job as a defensive coordinator, it's not usually going to be this good of a situation. It's usually going to be you're taking over a disaster somewhere else where someone else has gotten fired because it's one of the worst defenses. You're, you would be inheriting from day one still a good defense, and your job would not be to turn nothing into something. It would be to turn a good defense back into a great defense. So uh, that would be attractive, I think. Probably so. Now, what about Cordero Patterson? Um, we've been saying that he, he's not a running back. I don't know why they keep trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to like showcase him as a running back. He is not. 
So, you know, kick returners, we'll, we know how good he is there. So if he does come back, are they going to be using him more on, on, you know, on the offensive side next season? Probably not. It's because like you said, it didn't work very well this year. I mean, everybody else saw what you saw, Lakina. It, it, it wasn't, it, it's so confusing with him because there, there might not be a more talented football player on the entire team. He's so like, you look at him and you see some of the things he does is athletic. Who runs that fast at that size? That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it doesn't work for some reason. What, for whatever reason, he is not really a very functional offensive player. He's not, he's not ever been a consistent threat offensively. I don't think maybe earlier in his career with Minnesota, but even then he's never been what you thought he could be with his talent. Special teams wise, you mentioned him as a returner. I always think of him like I trying to catch a punt with Cordero Patterson coming down would put the fear of God into me. I would be (laughs) that. I, I think few things in life are scarier than probably staring down Cordero Patterson chasing down a punt. He's really, really good at that too. Mm-hmm. And he keeps earning these all pro and pro bowl selections because of his return ability on special teams, but he's also an incredible coverage guy, but he made 5 million. I think he was 10 million over, over the last two years. They can't afford that. If he wants to come back like closer to the veteran minimum, that'd be the only way I could see him back with the bears next year. Heading down the home stretch for Chicago Bears beat writer for the Chicago Sun-Times, Jason Leisure, right here on the weekend edition of Sega City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sidney Brown. Uh, going back to the defense, Jason, I want to focus in on Eddie Jackson. Of course, uh, after a, a stellar first couple years in the league, he struggled this year. Of course, early in the season, he had a couple of touchdowns that were taken off the board because of penalties. And, of course, he struggled. Uh, 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 that continued the snowball downwards for his struggles this year. Give us your thoughts on, on Mr. Jackson. Do you think he'll have a bounce back year next year? I think it depends what's around him. I think that he has made his career off being this big play takeaway guy that he's been free to take some chances because he's had great pass rush up front Mm -hmm. that limits the amount of time the quarterback can sit there and pick apart the defense. He's had great coverage by cornerbacks with uh, Fuller and Prince of Mukamara and Buster screen. And he's had the right guy, at least, you know, with at times he's had the right guy playing with him at safety to free him up to do all the things that he does. What the bears needed more this year was a more fundamentally sound solid guy in the secondary when Buster screen is in decline and then injured for half the season, you have a rookie at corner and Jalen Johnson and the pass rush is not nearly what it was. So the coverage is going to be like good, just good, solid, tight coverage and good, solid tackling. Those were the premiums that the bears needed this year. And that's, that's not really how Eddie Jackson has become a star player in the league. So I mean, I don't know that you can even blame him so much for that. He would have had to, change his game and be far less of the dynamic playmaker that the bears want him to be and that they paid him to be. But I think I wouldn't want him to change his game permanently, but I think there would need to be some awareness of what it needed to be this year and make some, you know, you need to adapt to the situation that is rather than the situation that you wish it was. What about, let's go to their old line for a second. I mean, they, they kind of finally got it right a little bit. So, you know, with your various, you know, opt-outs and injuries and whatnot. So, where do you see the O-line next season? Because 
you know, they kind of, they, they did their best. I mean, with all the changes and all the, you know, the adjustments. So what, what do you think about the O-line and what changes need to be made there? I think an O-line, anybody that, almost anybody, not everybody, but almost anyone that tells you that they know something about offensive line play is lying. Uh, it's, it's the most <laughs> complicated thing in the sport. And I would be such a fraud if I told you I understand offensive line play, play really well. I don't. From what I can tell, what I think is that they're good in the middle with James Daniels coming back. So Daniels and Mustafer and Whitehair as your, uh, what would it be? What would it be? Whitehair at left guard, Mustafer at center, and Daniels at right guard. But I don't think they're good at tackle. And Bobby Massey is a guy that is going to be gone, I'm sure, um, as a cap cut and uh, you know performance-based cut too. But Charles Leno at left tackle, I don't think that gets the job done either. And this is where you get into a really interesting conversation about what they do in the first round. Because in the first round, if you have a chance to take a quarterback who's good, and I don't know that they will necessarily at 20, but they could trade up. If you have a chance at one of those quarterbacks that you're really high on, that's probably the right move long term. But that doesn't help you this year, most like almost certainly doesn't help you this year. Rookie quarterback is not what you want to bet this whole thing on. Offensive linemen, however, you could find a you could find a tackle who could start right away. That happens every year. There's first round picks. There's rookies that can play off play left tackle, right tackle, pretty much right away. And that that you know that's something that would help them long term too. There'd be nothing really wrong with that. So that'll be an interesting thing to see what they do with that first round pick. Sticking with the Bears offense, Jason, let's go to the running back position and David Montgomery. Of course, last year he was uh, learning the position. I thought he got better as the year uh, went on. This year, of course, Matt Nagy was stubborn and, and to committing to running the football again. But once they got going in the month of December in the drive for the playoffs, they committed to the run. We saw what, what Montgomery could do. He was one of the league leaders in um, missed tackles. And so I really like his running style. Uh, give us your assessment of Montgomery. Do you think he's finally uh, learned how to play the position? Yeah, and I think he's fine. I think that just like quarterbacks, there's probably a handful of quarterbacks that will be great no matter what, and no matter what's around them, no matter what kind of talent they have around them. And there's probably three to five running backs that you could say the same thing about. There's three to five running backs in the whole NFL any given year that are really just a cut above and will succeed no matter what kind of offensive line problems they have. They'll just, they're going to be good no matter what. David Montgomery is not one of those guys. There's, he's one of those guys in that next group of totally interchangeable running backs that if the offensive line's good, he'll probably be pretty good. If the offensive line's not good, he's not going to really be able to do much. That's going to be 31 yards on 10 carries if the O-line's not good. Now – now let's talk about you know the Bulls. I mean the Bears are going to be at twenty. Do you think they go? We can forward? talk about the Bulls too, man. Well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they're, they're, might they're, be more interesting. I'm about to say the size <laughs> up. Yeah, size going up with them than they are with the the, the Bears. We're sticking with the Bears for for a second, but uh, you know where do you think they go at twenty? I mean, do you trust Pace to you know get a quarterback? I mean, there's not going to be a lot of you know the top notch guys are going to be gone. Do you go all line? Do you wait until the second or third round to get a quarterback? Where do you think they go? If I put myself, I still am having trouble like putting myself in the position of thinking about what they are doing this year in terms of trying to run it back with an eight and eight team rather than what they should have done. Um, but if I'm going to put myself in Ryan Pace's shoes, I think the best balance of 
short-term and long-term thinking would be to draft a starting tackle at number 20. You'll probably get a guy that could start right away that helps you now and helps you long-term. Whereas a quarterback at that spot just doesn't do anything for you in 2021. And as much as Ryan Pace says he'll do the right thing and weigh the responsible choice of long-term, it's hard to believe. I mean, no general manager in his position does that. Every one of them goes for broke, does everything they can to win in 2021. And if you take a left tackle, for example, or a starting tackle, maybe that's the starting right tackle if you're going to probably end up having, because of financial reasons, to bring back Charles Leno, that does meet the requirement of helping now and helping later. And then maybe you take a quarterback, maybe you take a quarterback later, you take a flyer on a guy in the third or fourth round, see if you can develop that guy. But your real next franchise quarterback would be first round of 2022. Last question for me, Jason. Let's go broader into the NFL playoffs. Of course, you have two, two great games on Saturday, two uh, very good games on Sunday. Do you see an upset in any one of those four games, or do you expect uh, the favorites to move on uh, to the conference championship games via Kansas City or Buffalo, what have you? Do you see an upset? Well, who's the upset in Buffalo versus Baltimore? Because those teams look pretty even to me. I don't think there are – you can't really say – No, not, I'm not talking about that game. No, there, there won't be an upset in that game. If I said – if I said Tampa, does that count? Does that count as enough of an upset to say Tampa over the Saints maybe? Not really. I mean – Technically, okay, no, but it would be because the Saints swept them during the regular season. And plus the second meeting, you know, they blew them out, so – Right. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are not losing. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to lose as good as the Rams' defense is. That – the thing that I came away with from the Bears Saints game is because I already knew what I needed to know about the Bears and Sunday just was more of the same. But the thing I came away with thinking about the Saints was I, I don't know, man. I don't know if they can get to the Super Bowl. They're good. They're really good. But Drew Brees, as good as he is, he can't really throw and he can't really run. So I, as good as their defense is, if someone is able to beat their defense, if someone's able to put 28 to 35 points on the Saints defense, I really wonder if the Saints can keep up with that. And there's definitely a guy who can do that. It's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can, can do any, you know, there's no defense that I would bet against Aaron Rodgers on. And so I'm coming out of that game. It made me wonder if you come down to a Saints Packers game next week, can the Saints keep up with Aaron Rodgers? And I would bet no. So that similarly would give me some trepidation about them this week against Tampa because Tampa's really good too. Tampa's got a good defense and Tampa's got a good quarterback. What, what would you guys pick? Let's, let's say you've got to pick one upset and Tampa does count as an upset. You got to give me something. All right. So I, I'm going to pick, I'm going to say Tampa. If I have, if I have to pick one, I, I'll take Tampa. What about you, Lakina? Uh, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'll say Tampa because I don't think I Cleveland... picked Tampa. You can't pick Tampa. Oh, well, 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 okay. <laughs> oh no, you can pick Tampa. I'm just... <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah, because that's really like the only thing I could see an upset. I mean, Baltimore and Buffalo are even, so you can't really count that mm-hmm. as an upset. I don't see the Rams being the Green Bay, especially with the weather forecast. You know, it's supposed to be like really cold. And so I, I probably have to pick Tampa, even though technically that wouldn't be an upset, though. That's just me. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the Saints are favored, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, they are. They are. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an upset. I mean, if the, we're getting into playoffs, it's not like you're going to have like the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. You're, I mean, they're all going to be pretty good games. <laughs> who, are you pick, who are you picking, Sydney? What, what's your upset? Uh, you got to pick one upset. 
be honest with you, I would go with the Rams only because I know Aaron Donald is nicked up, but he's healthy enough to play. And if he makes an impact, if the Green Bay offensive line can neutralize him, uh, 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 the the Rams wouldn't be anything. But I, the Rams will have to stick to running the football like they did last week against Seattle. And, of course, they got to bring pressure on Rodgers. And it's all led by Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald could get any, any type of pressure, uh, let, let's, let, we'll see what happens. Leonard Floyd, former Bear, by the way, we all know that he didn't do anything here with, with the Bears, one, because he was injured. But number two, he always had his best game against the Packers. And let's just say Aaron Donald somehow neutralized. Let's say if Leonard Floyd can come through. The, the game I want to watch is probably the two games I'd be interested in are the Bucks saints game that we talked about. But the game I really want to watch would be the Chiefs and the Browns. And I don't think that the Browns can beat them, but I just think it's going to be a fun mm -hmm. game. I think both teams are going to score a lot. That's what I like. I'm not really interested in watching some kind of 10-3 to 3 game or something like that. I want to see Look, both teams know. in the 30s or 40s. Hey. I want to see fireworks. That's going to be fun. And I, I, so I think, like, you know, if you get Chiefs-Browns and it's like 48-38, to 38, that's a fun game. <laughs> we might get that. We might get that, though. We might get that. Um, I hope we do. Yeah, well, I mean, Baltimore and Buffalo, like Baltimore and Buffalo. I mean, like I said, they're, they're pretty much even. So you just flip. That's a coin flip. So it doesn't. <laughs> it wouldn't. Neither way. But I know. I know Lamar Jackson said he has never played in the snow. I mean, there's always there's a lot of snow in Buffalo right now. But ugh, I, they're rush defense though. The 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 Bills. So if they commit to running the ball, the the Ravens. I mean, they they might they might pull away. I'm I'm just saying. Which of those teams would have a better chance playing with Kansas City next week? Hmm. Probably the Ravens, right? Yeah, probably the Ravens, I think. Yeah. Sid? I think that gives I think Ravens would give you the best game next week. Yeah. I think it would because of the quarterback matchup, but uh, I, I said this uh, before this, I have I picked the Buffalo Bills to represent the AOC. I think they are really uh, um, overlooked. And Josh Wait, Allen. To represent the AFC? Yeah, I did. Seriously, oh, yeah. I did. did. Yeah. You're talking about to beat the Chiefs? Yeah. 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 yeah, he did. Seriously, wow. he did. I did. Yeah. yeah. He did. <laughs> but, I, but they've really been overlooked all season. Their defense is better than what people give it credit for. And, of course, Josh Allen's been balling out all year. And I really like that running back in Devin Singletary. Yes, they can score a lot of points. I think they can keep up with Kansas City. But if those two should meet up in the AFC championship game, it's going to come down to can Buffalo not turn the ball over and can the Buffalo Bills defense force a turnover or two? Because if they can, sky's the limit. I, uh, I used to cover the Dolphins, and so I covered them during Josh Allen's rookie season with the Bills. I saw, so I saw him play twice that year. And I, I don't say this to be like, hey, look how smart I am. I just say this to like illustrate a point of what you'd be looking for out of Mitch Trubisky that you didn't see or what you might be looking for in the future with another Bears young quarterback. He didn't have a great rookie season, but I really liked him when I watched him play because number one thing, more than anything else, I know he's got mechanic problems. He's got some other things that they wanted to fix, but he was not scared at all. He knew he was super decisive. He knew right where he wanted to go with the ball. Some of those decisions were questionable at the time, but I think he's gotten way better at that. He just, he was not scared of the job. He did not at all look, um, too small for it. He looked like he had some things to learn, but he looked like he had the guts for it. And I liked that. And I think that's what, that's what you don't see a lot from Trubisky with a lot of these check downs and, and very careful play and things like that. And I think you'd want to look for something like that next in the draft is a guy Mahomes has been like that too. 
you're just very decisive, very aggressive, not afraid of anything. That's a good start for a quarterback. Makina? Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. Uh, okay, so how about your Super Bowl pick then? If Since we're kind of going into this, going into that, you know, what's your, what, okay, you don't have to tell, tell us who your winner is. Just tell us, you know, oh, who's dude. your dream Super Bowl, Super Bowl matchup? I think a great Super Bowl matchup, a very entertaining Super Bowl matchup to watch is going to be Chiefs Packers. And that's not profound because those are the number one teams in each conference. So, I mean, that's like the easiest thing I could say, but I think that that's, I think that'd be a really entertaining, really good matchup, a really good game. And the Chiefs. All right. (laughs) (laughs) They're always going to win. They're going to, they're going to win like the next 10. I mean, they're, they're set up for a long time. That's right. He said it and dropped the mic on that. <laughs> We'd like to thank Mr. Jason Leisure, Chicago Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Leisure. Once again, at Jason Leisure. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. This conversation was great. and It was fun. You put us on our toes and we love it. We do it uh, to our <laughs> guests. And yeah. That's what makes the show so fun. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep bringing that heat to the Bears. Man, we love your reporting and everybody over there at the Chicago Sun-Times. Thanks again for joining us, and you have a great weekend. We can't wait to have you on again soon. Oh, thank you so much, and this was great. I really appreciate you guys having me. No problem. We got to do this again. Stay safe, you and your family. All right. You guys, too. All right. And that was Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times. He covers the Bears for that great newspaper publication. Lakina. Let's take a quick 20-second timeout. On the flip side, we'll get into the James Harden trade. We'll talk about a little college basketball. We'll get into the little Bulls as well. We'll mention the national championship, and we'll give out our picks for NFL Division Playoff Weekend. Listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and Kina Scrum McGee on the IG. And you can follow this podcast along with the other podcast programming from We Are Regal Ray by simply searching for War on Anchor. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media, once again at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Now, look, Keenan, uh, doing, <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to talk about the James Harden trade in the Chicago Bulls this hour with Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. He's the NBA editor and writer over there. So we're going to get into more in-depth conversation with that with him coming up later on in this segment. But before he joins us, let's uh, quickly get in our picks for NFL Divisional Weekend. And first off, and first off we'll start off with uh, the Saturday game at 3.40 p.m. on Fox. That's the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers at Cold Lambeau Field. Who do you have winning this one? I think it's going to be close. I think if – they stick if the Rams stick to their running game, let Cam Akers sort of like, you know, move the chains and keep Aaron Rodgers and the offense off the field. I know Aaron Dahl is gonna is good to go. I'm sure his ribs mm-hmm. are still gonna be bothering him. I think it's gonna be close, but I think look, I don't it's gonna be cold in Lambo. I know Lambo weather or Packers weather or whatever, but <laughs> I look I think the Packers, they're they're itching to kinda get back into it. So 
I, I don't like the Chiefs, you know, they, they've only had one week off. So the rest probably shouldn't be as, as you know, obvious as, as the Chiefs will be. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But I think the Packers, but it's going to be close. I'm going with the Rams, and one matchup to look out for is Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. I know DK Metcalf has some respectable stats last week for the Seahawks, but Ramsey did a heck of a job on him. That was a heck of a battle to watch all game long. It's going to be another battle between Ramsey and Devontae Adams. So I'm looking out for that matchup right there. As we talked about with Jason Leisure from the Sun-Times, and let's see if Leonard Floyd and some of the other guys in that linebacker court for the Rams can step up. Like you said, Aaron Donald is limited because of the rib injury. He's going to play, but you got to have some other guys on that Rams defense to step up, so we'll see how that shapes out there. Saturday night, 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time on NBC is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. This is still going to be exciting, Lakina. The Titans were dismissed by the Ravens last week. Of course, Buffalo, um, they won their their game against the Indianapolis Colts last week in a close one, which was one of the top two exciting games from Wild Card Weekend last week. But this week is a whole nother week. I'm going with Buffalo on this one. Hmm. But it's oh. going to be close. Look, this could be probably the, the matchup of the weekend, I think, because of mm-hmm. the fact that they're so evenly matched. I mean, it's going to really gonna depend on, like, who – who whose side can kind of slow the other down? Like I said, that rush defense mm-hmm. for Buffalo is probably their only weakness, I think. So I'm I'm gonna pick the Ravens. Is gonna it won't be an upset. Let's let's make that clear. Um, look, if they can, <laughs> look if Lamar Jackson, J.K. J.K. Dobbins, and uh, Hollywood Brown, if they can kind of like be that you know facilitator, you know, and probably they'll, they'll probably start. They'll probably run the ball. I think more. Since that is actually, like I said, that's actually the one weakness. So if they do that, I think they'll probably end up winning it. And I think, look, look, yes, they were able to exercise those demons against the Titans, but I think that they want more. And look, I mean, look, Josh Allen will probably do his thing. You know, Devin Singletary will do his thing too. If if the defense, if the Ravens defense can slow down Stephon Diggs and that Bills offense, it could it could come down to a field goal. So I'm gonna pick the road team here. I'm gonna pick the Ravens. Like I said, I'm going with Buffalo. Watch out for this matchup. You brought up Stephon Diggs. Looking, he had a great game last week against the Colts in the wild card round. It's going to be Stephon Diggs versus Marcus Peters. We all know Marcus Peters, kind of like Eddie Jackson. They they like to take chances to create turnovers and, and make game-changing plays. Marcus Peters did that last week on the road at Tennessee before dancing on the local and all that. But watch out for that matchup. That, that, that's going to be fun. So that's matchup that fans should keep an eye on. Let's head to the Sunday games. Starting at 2 p.m. on CBS, you'll have the Cleveland Browns, uh, quote-unquote, upsetting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on the road last Sunday night. They'll travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Will this be a contest? I don't know, but I think Cleveland will show up and give it all they have. But watch out for Kareem Hunt. This is his return to Kansas City after being let go by that ball club a couple of years ago thanks to some off-the-field stuff we won't get into. But looking at this game, I think it's going to come down to the running games for both teams. I have Kansas City winning this one in a kind of a runaway, but not quite. Yeah, I feel the same way here. I think, look, the Russ, look, the Chiefs, they haven't played in two weeks. A lot of those are starters. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey, they all haven't played in mm-hmm. two weeks. So they'll probably be a little bit rust there. So I think Cleveland will be able to take advantage of that early on. 
But I, I think the Chiefs will wake up the second half and say, you know what, Let, let's kick it into gear. And I think, like, like you said, it's going to be close. It's not going to be a blowout, but I, I think the Chiefs will do just enough to win, to hang on and win. Of course, the last game for Sunday will be at 5.40 p.m. on Fox. This will probably be the last time we'll get to see this matchup on the field. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints down at the Bayou course. Tampa Bay won at Washington against the football team last Saturday night. Of course, the Bears took care of the, the Saints took care of the Bears last Sunday afternoon, 21 to 9. <laughs> I think the Saints will win this one, Lakina. And I know this should be Drew Brees' last hurrah. But Tampa, they lost to the Saints uh, twice during the regular season. That's why the Saints won the NFC South. I think it's going to be closer than what people expect. Now, I do expect to see some scoring for both teams in this one. I'm ready to see a PlayStation-type game down in the dome. We'll probably get that too, right? I mean, I mean, but both – the first matchup was really close, but the second one, not so much. 38-3 to in Tampa. It's going to be close, though. It's, I think it's going to be a lot closer than that just because these are divisional foes, and it's hard mm -hmm. to beat a team three times in a season so look we we saw what happened with the rams and the seahawks grant they they split their season series but even still mm -hmm. it's hard to beat your divisional foe because you know them so well so I'll, I'll pick the saints too but i wouldn't be surprised that tampa pulls off the upset the upsets i'm, I'm air quoting here upsets because yeah. <laughs> it's really because it really because it really wouldn't be an upset though right i mean these are divisional foes i mean yeah yeah their second meeting was terrible but mm -hmm. you know it's it's it's, it's okay. I mean, you know, the, the, I, I think, look, it's going to be interesting, though. Can the defense, you know, can the Saints defense slow down Tom Brady? They've done it before. But can the Bucks defense slow down Drew Brees and the Saints? Because remember for the first, like, what, half of half, maybe three quarters, half of that game against the Bears, they didn't look good, the Saints offense. So mm -hmm. maybe, maybe the Bucks defense could take advantage of that. Yeah, let's see if they can. The, the one matchup for you guys to pay attention to is the defensive lines for both the Saints and the Bucks. The Bucks defense is very underrated. You saw how they got after Tyler Henneke, even though he had a, a good game in his uh, uh, playoff debut. That Bucks uh, defense uh, ramped up the pressure, especially late in that game. On the other side for the Saints, they really their defense didn't have to do much. I know they kind of been up and down all year, but we'll see it, especially led by Cam Jordan, if they can put consistent pressure on Tom Brady. Even though Brady has thrown for 40 touchdowns during the regular season this year, we all know that he's been missing wide receivers here and there. And you're starting to see what happened is in last year with New England, starting misses and guys easy, easy and wide open just like that. And if that happens again, it's going to be a long day for the Bucks. Well, maybe so let's we'll see how this game goes. Yes, it will. So it should be fun. So we're we are set for NFL division round weekend, and those of our picks, I, I I did pick the Saints. If you guys are listening exclusively via the podcast, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, my Drew Brees jersey hanging up yes. behind <laughs> me. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens uh, with those games over the weekend. So enjoy those games. Uh, for football as we now transition over to basketball. Of course, Lakina, the NBA is just like the NFL. It never seems to amaze us with the <laughs> off-the-court news. James Harden's been acting like a fool <laughs> all, mm. uh, all off-season, now carrying it on to this 2021 season. He's got his wish. He's he, he was traded to the Brooklyn Nets the other day. Of course, 
Brooklyn had to give up, I believe, four first future first round picks. Yeah. Of course, in that deal, Victor Oladipo was traded from the Indiana Pacers to the Houston Rockets. Now they have their quote unquote quote unquote big three with him, John Wall, and Demarcus Cousins. Of course, Demarcus Cousins and John Wall both been saying. Um, to the Houston media that uh, changes need to be made. There were problems. Of course, the problem was James Harden. Now Harden gets his wish playing with his buddies, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has, quote, unquote, gone missing for, for personal reasons this past week. We'll see if and when he returns. Lakina, I appreciate guys like Kyrie uh, being in their own space, being their own person to an extent. But when it starts to affect your team, your teammates and the organization, I'm kind of looking at you halfway with a lazy, with a crazy eye. Uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I, I mean, look, we all know that. We've, we've known since he was in, at Duke, right? He kind of marched to the beat of his own drummer. You know, he has his own mm-hmm. mind. And you, and you appreciate that. You, you appreciate mm-hmm. him being very nuanced and stuff like that. Now, this whole saga, I mean, look, he was fined 50 grand for, you know, breaking the protocols because I guess he was at a, a family party and he didn't have a mask on. And, you know, he also forfeited his salary for the games that he missed during that period. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he's able to come back tomorrow, if he continues to – he's been testing negative, you know, so far. So he has to continue to keep doing it in order for him to be eligible to play. But, I mean, I feel bad for Steve Nash. I mean, what a way to have your first coaching gig that you had to deal with the one guy who, you know, basically kind of, you know, bullied his way out of his previous city – now you're dealing with mm-hmm. a guy who I don't know if it's mental or physical or maybe he's just I who I don't know what's going on with Kyrie in his head and then you have injury issues too you lose Dimwitty for the year you you, know, you had to trade Karis Levert who's been actually was having a really great season for the Nets so yeah you're, you're kind of like it's now with this you know big three in Jersey in Brooklyn. I mean, it's basically finals or busts, and if not, you're kind of sort of, you know, stuck in a rock and a hard place. You had to basically had to mortgage your, your, your future. You had to trade a lot of picks to get Harden. So it's basically finals or busts for them. And this is uh, what the, the situation was when you brought over Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, if you're GM John, uh, Sean Marks of the Nets. This was what's, what's the situation a year ago. Of course, both guys were hurt. Even though you were invited to the bubble, we all knew that uh, the season for the Nets were basically lost. Of course, you fired Kenny Atkinson. That was part of the plan last year. That's what happened. And so this is what they were building up to uh, to, to the moment of now. Now, like you say, it's championship or bust. I think I picked Brooklyn during our NBA slash Bulls preview show to uh, beat Boston and represent the Eastern Conference against the Lakers in the finals. Uh, I think the thing that you can question about the Nets right now is their bench. Like you said, all those young guys that they developed over the last few years, most of them are not there anymore. And I think our buddy Lamont Scott uh, pointed it out before the season uh, uh, kicked off. Steve Nash is a rookie head coach. When problems arrive, how can you handle it? Yes, you have Mike D'Antoni, his former head coach back in the day in his playing days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike D'Antoni is the assistant, but – how, how are you able to handle these things? If it implodes, uh, it's going to be trouble. And I know that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, both, but mostly Durant, the real reason why he didn't sign with the Knicks because of all the pressure uh, from the New York media and, and delivering them, a ch- perhaps deliver, trying to deliver that franchise a championship for the first time since 1973, uh, going to Brooklyn, that wouldn't be that much pressure. Now, 
now uh, with the big three, with the Brooklyn Nets, yes, they're like the White Sox. They're the quote-unquote second team in town. But you have the big, the new big three in the NBA. All the pressure is going to come from um, for you now, not just from the local media, but from the national media as well. Probably more national media because of the big names for playing for that franchise. And it's just something they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, like I mean, like like I've been saying, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. I mean, I think for if you're Steve Nash, it kind of helps having that mentor there, having your former coach be sort of that that sort of like that mentor to kind of lead you because he kind of had to you know deal with personalities too in some of the places he's been in, also Houston mm-hmm. just recently. So I, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting. What it'll be interesting what what they what they decide to do here because, like I said, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, maybe. Yeah, we we can't know what's going to happen either, but but it's going to be interesting to see how this team gels together, uh, uh, how quickly they gel, because you can't just, even though this is the NBA, you cannot put just people together and expect things to happen magically. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you have to know what system you're going to run. And let's be honest here, Brooklyn, just like the Bulls, we will get to later, they cannot play any defense. And we know Mike D'Antoni, who is the lead assistant, Defense is a curse word to him. It's all about <laughs> offense and getting up shots in seven seconds or less uh, as far as the shot clock is concerned. Uh, whenever Kyrie comes back, whose game was going to suffer the most? Will it be Durant, which I doubt? Will it be Kyrie, which I think it will be? Or will it be James Harden, which I think he may take a slight step back? But we all know that when he gets the ball, he's not going to pass it back. Mm-hmm. He likes to jack up shots and so and he likes to draw fouls and go to the free throw line, which is good. But will it will that his style of play be serviceable to the team long term? I don't think so. At least that's of right now. Well, also to his his physique, right? I mean, every we all been you know, making fun of Harden's physique. I mean, like like I like I said a few weeks back, he looks like Rick Ross basically. Now. Mm. It'll, excuse me, it'll be interesting to see like how fast he kind of gets himself back into shape because he kind of, you can see he kind of let himself go and, you know, just got lazy. And well, we'll see mm-hmm. now that he's in a new city, will he kind of feel rejuvenated? Will he be on, you know, will he kind of get himself into, you know, basketball shape, which will take probably take maybe a few weeks for him to do that. So, but if you look at what happened in Houston last night, I mean, they were able to, you know, pull off a kind of a minor upset, you know, beating the, the Spurs. And you heard Steven Silas say that, look, it kind of feels like, you know, the team's more relaxed now. There's a lot, you know, a little more discipline now. So maybe we may see Houston sort of be kind of the renaissance and sort of maybe not necessarily a cha- challenge for the West, but maybe sort of battle for one of those bottom four spots and perhaps maybe one of the play-ins. Yeah, I can see Houston being a, a competitive team. And like I said, their roster is not bad at all, especially with adding Victor Oladipo via the James Harden trade. Uh, we all know that Victor Oladipo is the scorer. We saw that a little bit with Oklahoma City, but he had a chance to blossom with the and the Pacers for the last few years before injuries took a toll on him. So the question with Oladipo is, can he stay healthy? And number two, how how good it will Houston will be because that's going to take some time for that uh, talent to mesh as well with John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. Remember, both of them didn't play last year due to their various injuries. So Houston could still be a competitive team, but they got to stay healthy. And Steven Silas, who's the son of Paul Silas, he's been an assistant coach for a long time, and this is finally his opportunity. He can now breathe, uh, have fresh air in his lungs, so he can uh, coach the way he wants to coach. You don't have, you don't have to have 
uh, with any disciplinary issues with a big superstar acting like a diva. It doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Also, to the Pacers, I mean, you know, Malcolm Bond has actually been playing well for the Pacers. You know, people, we all thought mm -hmm. that maybe, we all thought that maybe, like, what is he thinking going to Indiana? But it looks like maybe he was smart about it. And, you know, Sabotis had 23, you know, in their win against Portland. Portland's a very strange team. You know, we'll, we'll get to them in a little bit. But Portland's a very strange mm -hmm. team. But, look, the Pacers are 8-4. They look really good out east. And, you know, we'll see if have, not having Oladipo will hurt them long term, but at, at least right now it looks like it. You know, they've been playing pretty well so far. Yeah, they've been playing pretty well. Also, another team that's starting to turn around in the Eastern Conference is the Toronto Raptors. They had a big win over Michael Jordan's uh, Charlotte Hornets on Thursday, one eleven to one hundred eight. Uh, of course, uh, Bob Sherfield, Toronto, led the team with 25 points and 10 rebounds. Of course, I watched uh, the last couple of the games of Toronto. I think we touched on it on, on our last episode, Lakina. They lost uh, a couple of close games, tough games on their West Coast road trip uh, to Golden State and to Portland. Uh, Pascal Siakam um, missed the uh, potential game winners in both those games. Of course, you don't blame him, but... Uh, Toronto, they, they're still a good team, but uh, this is the time for them to turn around. It was a big win for them on Thursday against Charlotte. Like so on the other side for Charlotte, as we mentioned also on our last episode, that is a good, fun team to watch. Scary Terry Rozier, Gordon Harris, the free agent pickup. Of course, LaMelo Ball, let's, hopefully he can keep, keep his head on story, which I think he will, and his daddy staying out of the spotlight. <laughs> Things should be fine for Charlotte. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And they've lost four in a row, but you know what? They they had a kind of a hot start, so you kind of figured they were going to come back to earth a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, of of course, you know, sort of like the you know the the, the hot teams right now. Of course, the, the teams you probably you thought would expect to be hot. You know, Lakers have won four in a row. The Celtics, even though all the issues they've had, they've won four in a mm -hmm. row too. They kind of sort of everyone's sort of starting to kind of get back into get back into a routine because unfortunately, COVID has kind of becoming you know rampant here. A couple of games have been postponed for tonight between Washington and Detroit and also Golden mm -hmm. State and Phoenix. Both those games have been post postponed due to various COVID issues and contact tracing and things like that. So, and then, you know, the Bulls have had a couple of games postponed mm -hmm. because of COVID. They actually are in action tonight against OKC. So do you think that will, will COVID be an issue? You know, cause I'm sure I've heard people say that they've had to kind of get back on the bubble and of course, the NBA is now kind of changed so the taxes are how people can, <laughs> how, how people can, uh, how players, which, you know, of course, David Litter had a lot to say about that. And basically because of what happened with Kyrie, that's probably one of the reasons why they did this, you know, even before all these other rapid mm -hmm. testing. So what do you think about that? I was watching television yesterday and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I was, uh, Brian Renthorst was the NBA insider for ESPN. He said this perfectly. When the NBA was in a bubble last summer, they can control everything. Now they're not in the bubble, bubble they can't. With the tighter restrictions and things going on, they're trying to keep the virus out as much as possible. You're not going to be able to do that because you're not in the bubble. So the, with the tighter restrictions and uh, the players are complaining, like, you can't let us live our lives and things along that line. But the players knew um, coming into the season that – uh, their their access uh, and the way they they live outside of the arena is going to be uh, tested, and they have to be um, strictly disciplined uh, if, in order not to uh, contact, contract this virus and spread it to their teammates and other personnel within their organization. So, 
the NBA is doing all they can, but I don't think they can absolutely keep it out. Now, do I think it's going to be some more postponements? Yes. Do I think it's going to be as bad as college basketball and college football when they started, i.e. the Pac-12, joining in the party late? I don't think it's going to get to that point. But you're just going to have to power through this thing, and hopefully it doesn't get too bad where the season, the 72-game season is cut short. And this is the reason why they split the 72-game season, Lakino, partially because, you know, with the postponement of games or what have you, hopefully it doesn't spread throughout the league. So, But I'm not too worried that they're going to power through this thing. But I, like I said, from what we know now as of this recording, uh, I think there's going to be a, a few more uh, – postponements, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people make it out to be. They make it only do so much. Well, and let's also remember too, Sid, I mean, yes, we got the vaccine, but like we've been saying, mm-hmm. it's going to take a while for it to be widely distributed. I mean, yeah. the essential workers, the doctors, you know, people like that mm-hmm. will get will get first priority and then maybe perhaps people over 70 and maybe people who have pre-existing conditions or mm-hmm. at high risk if they decide to do it. But we're talking maybe not till like the spring, like maybe May and June at the earliest that it'll be. And that's when the playoffs start this year for the NBA, May twenty second, I believe. Yeah. So yep, yep. So so who knows what's going to happen? Now, I'm not predicting doom and gloom. I don't think it's going to go that far. But like I said, as far as vaccine availability, of course, all these teams have people they can give it to them right right away. But like I said, it's, it's going to be a while for their players and everybody else in the organization. At least the players will be available to get it. I mean, absolutely, and I, I think this is going to be to the point. This is at the, we're at this point where, like, we we knew this was going to happen. It, it's right mm-hmm. after the holidays. You know, folks, guys were able to kind of, you know, move, you know, go to maybe perhaps visit family and friends. They even put a rule in where you can't be around like girlfriends or you know side mm-hmm. chicks. Basically, I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to work this as sensitive as I can, Sid, but uh, I mean, they, they kind of- I know of, it's a family show. Yeah, I know. I have to, like, we have to keep like PG at least, but uh, I, I mean, like you said, like you said, so these are grown men, you know, yeah, you can't tell them where to go, but you, people, you got to be aware and be mindful. And look, we're, we're seeing it with, with non-athletes where people are going to places without masks and we have people traveling, going into planes, knowing that this is still running mm-hmm. rampant. And now we know there's, there's another strain that's coming from Britain that, that actually has made its way here. They just confirmed a case about an hour ago, that, that, that more contagious case. So it, it look we're like I said we're right in like the the thirty yard line when it comes to COVID but we just gotta gotta keep you know keep pushing and, you know have to mm-hmm. keep you know keep being vigilant. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown as we talk basketball, the NBA, and the Chicago Bulls. Let's transition over to the Chicago Bulls for a mo- for a moment, Lakina. Of course, as you mentioned earlier, their game against the Boston Celtics were was postponed uh, this past Tuesday because uh, the Celtics didn't have enough players uh, to fill the team because of their COVID issues. Of course, the Bulls have a two-game uh, Texas swing this weekend. It starts on Friday with the Oklahoma, at Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, Sunday at Dallas. Uh, what are you looking forward to these two games this weekend, Lakina? Not in terms of victories, it would be nice, but uh, who are you looking for from, from this Bulls team to step out and have a – to have a, a big-time performance against these two teams. I'm fascinated to see if Patrick Williams can kind of keep up, you know, the, the great play he had. 
it's going to be interesting too with the whole team because they haven't played in like like three or like four or five days. So mm-hmm. when the, they play OKC tonight, it's going to be interesting to see how they look because you know I'm sure there's going to be some rust there because they haven't played like gameplay in like the last four or five days. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm dying to see what Wendell Carter does. You know, can he keep up with you know his play? He's been playing better. Has you know well Zach Levine be Zach Levine? And remember Laurie's coming back too. So. Mm-hmm. How is that dynamic? They've actually shown they actually play better without him. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not. You know, dissing Laurie or anything. That's just. That's just. look at the statistics and the win percentage. I mean, they're they're over when he plays. So we'll we'll see. But uh, I'm 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 kind of just see what the entire team and how they look. We we see how they do against the LA teams. These are these guys are sort of like you know in the middle of the road sort of teams. You know, OKC has been kind of playing a little bit better lately. So, I want to see how they do against sort of the middle of the road. They 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 may win one of these games. Who knows? I'm glad you brought up the Laurie marketing point because he he will return as you mentioned against Oklahoma City. He may be thrown into the starting lineup. I'm interested to see one how he plays and number two, what's the rotation going to be from head coach Billy Donovan? Because in his absence, like you said, Patrick Williams has has had more minutes. Uh, Zach Levine has taken more of the scoring load, of course, off the bench. You know, I've been uh, praising these two players all year long, Daniel Gafford and Otto Porter Jr. Those are the two guys that have been great off the bench for the Bulls this year. And so I want to see if uh, if, if that changes or if it keeps up or takes it to another level. We should, we should see about that. Kobe, Kobe White again, um, can he continue to improve as a playmaker? We all know that he can score the basketball, but can he continue to tap – take steps forward to become a serviceable playmaker. Like I said, he's not going to be John Stockton, but <laughs> he takes some more, uh, another step or two to become that serviceable playmaker for this Bulls team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for also their defense too. I mean, their defense is mm-hmm. they still got a lot to do with their defense. You know, everyone has said it. So we'll see how they do. I mean, will they, will, whether they go one and one or two and oh, or maybe they lose both of these games against OKC and Houston. But I just want to see like the fight, you know, you're not mm-hmm. going to, I know people or you know, I know the Bulls fans are sort of a little because they're not there. Yeah, they're four and seven, but okay, you know what though? I, I'm I'm okay with them being four and seven because mm-hmm. I know I'm getting a fight from these guys every game. You're not gonna, you know, beat these guys up by twenty or thirty points like we've seen the last few years. You're gonna get a fight from this team from start to finish. And if they can keep that up, I think Look, you're, you're feeling the excitement. Like, we, we, we talked with Jason earlier. He said, look, I'd rather talk about the Bulls right now because the stock's pointing up. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I, and I, I'm with him on that that front, too. So, I'm looking forward to these games to see how, how they do against sort of these, not necessarily like middle, like kind of middle of the pack Western Conference teams. And also, too, looking forward to the games this weekend for the Bulls. I'm looking forward to that Sunday game against Dallas because we all know what the Bulls did a couple weeks ago when Dallas – uh, traveled here to Chicago. Zach Levine went off, especially in that first half, and that's what carried the Bulls to defeat the Mavericks. Of course, look at Doncic didn't play in that way. He sat out due to quote unquote rest. Uh, I'm assuming that he's going to play this Sunday. I want to see him and Zach go at it. And Zach Levine, he wants to be uh, the leader of the team. He wants to be considered one of the best young superstars in the game. You had to bring your best against your best competition on the floor every night. Hopefully, Luca will play on Sunday. Let's see if it brings out the best in Zach Levine. Should be should be very interesting, entertaining. So, what other like what other stuff in the NBA has got you pumped? Uh, looking at that game from Thursday on TNT, uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. 
Uh, I've been cautioning folks not to worry about the Nuggets. Seems like they're starting to get back on the roll right now. Uh, they defeated the Warriors on Thursday in a close one. Nikolai Jokic seems like he's getting his game back into form. Jamal Murray, he needs to pick it up. I I do believe in him. So the, the Nuggets will be fine. Now the Warriors on the flip side, of course, people are looking forward to Steph Curry um, tr trying to uh, take over the franchise since he doesn't have Clay Thompson anymore. Uh, uh, he's going to be fine, but he has to stay healthy. Draymond Green has to stay healthy as well. I think the Warriors still can be one of those teams that to sneak in that seventh or eighth spot. But uh, they're going to have to – I'm not going to say play near-perfect basketball, but that's what it feels like. They're going to have to play near-perfect bas basketball if they stay healthy. But these two guys need to step up for the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Rube Jr., who they yeah. picked up before the season started. Yeah. Those two guys have to step up. If they both step up and pro provide a huge uh, significant scoring, uh, the Warriors should be fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, I think Dallas. Dallas, they've won four in a row. Luka's back. I want to see how they do against the Bulls. Remember, Luka, didn't, Luka wasn't there. They didn't play that 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 time, mm -hmm. you know, early, a couple of weeks back. So I want to see how they do with Luka in the lineup with Dallas pretty much at full string. I know, you know, Kristoff's still kind of inching his way back. Um, of course, you know, both LA teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, they're going to do, they're going to do their thing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too freaked out by, mm -hmm. by them. I have to say though, like I, like I said earlier, Portland, Portland's one of the weirdest teams. <laughs> I mean, it, it, right. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. I don't, I really honestly don't know what to think of this Portland team, Sid. I mean, I, I saw their, I saw a little bit of their game last night and against the Pacers and just the Pacers basically just rolled them. And I know that um, Jim, Jim Boylan's actually there as their defensive advisor, however you want to, however you want to say it. So it clearly is not working. And I apologize mm -hmm. to all you Blazers fans, but you know, Portland, <laughs> Port, look, Portland is sort of one of those teams that kind of has me scratching their heads. I'm glad that the Raptors are starting to kind of slowly but surely getting, getting back, you know, mm -hmm. getting get together. Also the Rockets, you know, maybe now that Harden's gone, like we said earlier, maybe they can kind of, you know, get back into gear here now that they don't have to worry about that drama anymore. So mm -hmm. uh, that top, that bottom tier of the Western Conference, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight for, for the entire season. And going back to uh, your point about Portland, Lakina, I did watch some of their game the other night when they played Sacramento. Uh, don't sleep on the Sacramento Kings. Oh, no, I, I know they were, yeah, I know they were invited to the bubble last year. And of course, they didn't make the playoffs, but I know Sacramento's five and seven right now. No, Portland uh, beat them the other night, but uh, Sacramento has some good young talent. Uh, and, with, and Halliburton, of course, you had Buddy Hill still there. Of course, Harrison Barnes, a, a, a championship veteran from that Golden State team from 2015 when they won the title. So uh, they have some nice uh, young pieces. And Luke Walton is the perfect coach for that team. Now, can they uh, finally get over that 500 mark? I'm not sure, but they're an interesting team to watch right now. And actually, like their broadcast team as well yeah. with Mark Jones of ESPN and Doug Christie. Oh, yeah, they've been stepping up so far this year. Oh yeah, they've been. Oh yeah, I've heard. I heard like a couple of their games. So yeah, they've been really. Yeah. They've been really good. Like, like I said, OKC. You know, they've lost a couple in a row, but it looks like they're starting to get it together too. That's who the Bulls mm -hmm. face tonight. Um, the the Knicks have kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. They've lost four in a row. Stay um, up, stay up. Exactly, and you well, and you wonder though too. Are is it is that stuff starting to kind of fall on deaf deaf ears now? Because. 
you know, we saw it here with the, the with we're here with the Bulls and some of the other teams. He's you know, Tiz has been at. I mean, they get together, they get together for for a little bit, then you know, everything kind of just you know falls flat, so like a cake. So I don't know what's happening with with them. Um, Miami, I know our 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 buddy Alana Tashauer. I know she. I've seen her tweet. She's very like you know, getting very antsy about with the Heat right now. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I'm sure they'll get together together too. So. Like I said, I think we're, we're only like about a month into this. We're not even a month into the season again. These these, mm-hmm. these teams have not even played like 10 or 11, 12, 13 games because, you know, you know, you know the, the schedule has been kind of like all over the place because of COVID and, and such. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think we should wait like another maybe week or two before we start sort of really see, like with the exception of kind of the top tier teams, like who kind of like also sort of challenge, make a challenge in that respect. And also, too, going back to the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee uh, just got Giannis Antetokounmpo back, a.k.a. the Greek Freak. So they're 8-4 right now. So in their last 10 games, of course, they're 7-3. and three. Philadelphia, I know we, we talked about them last week. Like, and they had a bad showing against the um, hapless Brooklyn Nets on yeah. national television. They got blown out, but they they starting to turn around now. They're number two in the East with a 9-4 and four record. Uh, but the bottom half of this Eastern Conference is uh, it can and I think will be interesting in the fourth spot. You have the Pacers at eight and four. Of course, they made that trade involving Victor Oladipo. Of course, the Orlando Magic are there six and five. Of course, Markel Fultz, as we talked about in our last podcast, he's out for the year with an injury. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets are seven and six, but soon as I think soon as their issues, they can strain them out in the chemistry. They'll be better than six. I guarantee you that. The Atlanta Hawks being uh, at five hundred at five and five, they've been kind of up and down. The Charlotte Hornets are at number eight at, at six and seven. So I, I think the East bottom half could be fun as well. But looking at those other Eastern Conference teams from the outside, looking at, do you have faith in the Cleveland Cavaliers? I don't. Do you have faith in the Detroit Pistons? They are terrible. That last at two or nine. No. Washington, I know they've been dealing with injuries, i.e. Russell Westbrook. Bradley Bill, his days may be number. We've been saying that for the last couple of years. Do you have faith in them making a run? No. Toronto at three and eight, they possibly can make a run. In Miami, I think they'll be better as well. I don't know as far as NBA Finals better, but I think they'll turn it around. Those two teams, Miami and Toronto, I have faith in those two teams turning or turning around. But there's all the other bottom feeding teams outside that eight playoff spot. I don't see it. Yeah, I know, like, like you said, we it fairly right now, but I just don't see it. Free Bradley Beal. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, at least, at least, look, at least he's not demanding a trade at this point. I mean, we'll see in about a month. We'll see if that happens. If Westbrook comes back and they're still kind of like not where they should be. So um, I'm looking forward to see what they do. Maybe the Warriors can get it together. I don't know. But look, you know, Denver, going out west for a second, Denver needed that win. It needed that win against Golden State desperately. Um, you know, Utah, Utah, they've won, they've won three in a row. So they've looked really good. You know, the bottom half of the West, I mean, San Antonio's had their struggles. Mm-hmm. So has Memphis, New Orleans have been, have been kind of disappointed. I mean, they had a hot, hot, hot start early on, but they've kind yeah, of. Zion was hurt. And then going yeah. back to Memphis, John Moran's still out with his injury. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, they've been, they've definitely been having their issues too. So. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Minnesota, I know Carl Anthony Towns has had some of his, his injury issues too. So mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just to see what, what they do. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, trying to figure out Minnesota though, no doubt. 
<laughs> That's what happens when you're in a rebuilding mode. I know you have D'Angelo Russell over there now, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, going back to the Bulls real, real quickly, Kena, I think the OKC game is very winnable. We'll see what happens with that. Dallas is going to be tougher, especially if Luka Doncic plays, because we're, like we mentioned before, we, know, we all know what happened a few weeks ago here in Chicago. So I think it's going to be a totally different story. So I'm looking forward to the Bulls to be competitive over the weekend in this quick Texas two-step. Yeah, Road should, trip. yeah, should be very interesting. So really quick synopsis of national championship game. Of course, congratulations to Alabama. They've won, mm-hmm. I think they're I think it's like their 14th, you know, national championship game. It'll be it's Nick Saban's seventh national title. Look, we were pretty much He does not need the NFL. No, folks. he does he's Let me just put oh, that no. out there right now. Oh, no, Why I do doubt. you want to go back to the NFL? We have less control. Oh no, he's not oh I doubt he, he I'm sure he's learned his lesson. He's not going anywhere. He's gonna mm-hmm. ride that Bama train until the wheels fall off. Um, as well as he should. <laughs> look, Devontae Smith had three touchdowns in the first half. Remember, he did not play in the second half because he got nicked up with the his his hand or I think it was his finger. I think more his one of his fingers, I think, you know, nicked up, but yeah, we haven't heard anything else about it. So, but that was pretty much a dominating game. Perhaps, personally, I would have preferred a, a Bama Clemson part 15 because I know that Ohio State was out a couple of their, <laughs> their guys on defense, right? I mean, but yeah. it, it just, from the word go, it, it just, you know, Alabama dominated pretty much. If you're Ohio State, could you borrow Chase Young from the Washington football team to play in that game <laughs> this past Monday? I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe he would have had a shot, but like you said, Alabama, uh, congratulations to them. That was a dominating performance from start to fin- finish, putting up a 50-piece. And the way they played, Ohio State was lucky to get 24 points, I'm just saying. Yeah, they got Christian Harris, you know, led the team. You know, Both him and Dylan Moses, they tied with six tackles apiece. Christian Barmore uh, had five tackles as well, had the lone sack, so – it, it just, yeah, it was just pretty much, you know, Alabama dominated from start to finish. You know, they totally deserved, you know, the win the championship. But I think, you know, Nick Saban has, if the, he hasn't already, he's submitted himself as probably one of the best coach, college coaches of all time. Yeah, he's right up there. Paul Bear Bryant, um, Bo Schembechler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, all the legends, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, kind of a sort of anticlimactic that game was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just saying. Let's go to the hardwood, the college hardwood right quick. Michigan. Look, that that game a couple of days ago against <laughs> Wisconsin. That I'm a, I like I saw wait, they shot I mean, they looked really good. Jawan Howard's got got his guys balling and I guess the Bracketology got him as a one C right now. I don't know if that, that'll still be the case, but we still got like a lot of got a, a lot of season left, but they looked really good. Yeah, I DVR'd that game the other night. Like, you know, I thought that, well, I'm going to watch a competitive game. Um, guilty of uh, – I'm guilty of this. Yours truly has to say this right now. I did see the highlights on Sports Center. I saw the final score. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> we all know Wisconsin's good, but you get blown out in Chrysler Arena. My goodness. But like you missed draw. Howard had those young men playing well right now. Will they stay atop the Big Ten? It's going to be tough, but – uh, give them credit. They had the perfect game plan for Wisconsin the other night. When you shoot the ball well, you usually win uh, nine times out of the ten. Now, going back to our home state team, the Illinois Final Atlanta, they have a big game on Saturday morning or early Saturday afternoon on the East Coast on Fox uh, against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Of course, Illinois had a game against uh, Nebraska that was postponed the other night due to Nebraska's issues with COVID. Of course, the Illini in their previous game last Sunday night, they, they are coming off a loss. 
to Maryland, which was a bad loss at home down in Champaign. I want to see how they start off early against this Ohio State Buckeyes team. Yeah, the, the, the Ohio State, they're, they're shooting their threes. They are very tough to beat, so that should be, mm-hmm. that'll be a tough one there for Illinois. Michigan, they get they go at Minnesota, so Richard Pertino has, has his guys balling too, so that's going to be a tough one for them, and can they knock them out the ranks of the unbeaten Minnesota? Yeah, uh, like you said, this Big Ten, we talked about it the, the last couple of episodes, Lakina, the it's going to be competitive, the, the Big Ten, especially now with uh, with the games already – some games are being postponed throughout the country. Uh, whoever uh, sticks around and survives, uh, and, and they're going to be the winner of this thing. So uh, it's going to be a long, hard fight. You just, you just have to dig yourself out of it and hang, hang in there. Absolutely. Um, Baylor and Texas Tech, that should be a good one tomorrow afternoon on ESPN. And ACC, you got Virginia and Clemson. Clemson's been playing very well, so is Virginia, too. Will that be, like, first at 50 wins that game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there'll be some a, a good one there. Um, Villanova, I think they're back in action, I think, Sunday, I believe, for the first time in, like, two weeks because of COVID issues and such. So, But then you have Houston. Yeah. Houston's having COVID issues, too. They haven't they, – all their games have been postponed. They haven't played with, like, like a week and a half, so – I mean, COVID's freaking happening in college hoops, Sid. I mean, we 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 warned that this this was going to happen. There have been some postpones yeah. and cancellations. Indiana, Michigan State's for Sunday has been postponed. Southern Illinois had a game against Valparaiso that's been postponed too because of mm-hmm. COVID issues in the Valpo's uh program. SMU, you know, they have COVID issues too, so they've had to pause. So, what do you think about all this? Like I said, whoever uh, sticks together and survives this thing is going to be the ultimate winner. Whoever defeats COVID, as we say, as Lamont says, uh, they're going to survive. Uh, one game I'm really looking forward to, I think this will be my first time trying to watch a, a game from start to finish, and that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're 13 all ranked number one in the country. They'll take on St. Mary's on Saturday on ES, Saturday night on ESPN at 9 p.m. St. Mary's is 9-4, and four, and Gonzaga is 13-0. Give credit to Mark Few. Uh, I don't know how he does it, but he keeps that program at a high level in a small market every year outside of Seattle, Washington. Win it, win all the tournament. That's that's always been my thing with Gonzaga. I mean, look, yeah. it's, look it's fine. You go undefeated in your conference, go undefeated, go into this point of the season. That's fine, but mm-hmm. do it in the tournament. That's a show. I'm in. I'm in Missouri now. Show me. Missouri's playing play pretty well right now. Show me. Yeah. Show me. That's. I'm at that point where you'll show me. Do it in the tournament, and then you'll get my respect. Yeah, I know they reached the Final Four a couple of years ago against uh, North Carolina, and they came up short. But like you said, you have to be consistent when they um, to show up in big time games. So that's what we're looking for from Gonzaga Sunday morning on CBS as of now. Number five, Iowa will travel to Evanston to take on Northwestern. Northwestern is six and five, three and four in the Big Ten. This is, uh, again, another hot start for Chris Collins, but they struggled the last couple of weeks. I don't know if they can turn around against an Iowa t- team who I think is next to Michigan is the, uh, is the top uh, two team in the Big Ten right now, especially with that p- potential player of the year, Garza. Yeah, who he can play? Yeah, Luca Garza. I mean, whoever yeah. was good, whoever's got to guard him for North, Northwestern, sheesh. We'll send our best. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for whoever that is, like yes. a, a like hot potato or something. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. And you know, like we've been saying, you know, COVID's you know run rapid. Some programs have had to mm-hmm. pause. South Carolina, you know, Frank Martin, you know, our our best to him. He got 
diagnosed again with COVID. So they've had to pause again their basketball activities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we wish our best to some of the, uh, some of the other programs have had to pause. So hopefully they can, you know, this will, this will, you know, get past. They can, they can get back on the court. Yep. All right. Uh, the Hawks said really quick. Um, I'm just glad they didn't get they didn't get shut out by the Lightning. They play again tonight. So yay! Like that, 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 look, they've already like they've already exceeded my expectations. But look, yo, Kirby Doc and also Jonathan Taze mm-hmm. are now on IR. Their version of IR, where they're mm-hmm. gonna, they're going to miss about like a third of the season. So I'm just hoping if we could just 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 soldier on. If we can if we can get a win, I know it's not going to help. Not going to work, but. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we can at least make it competitive against the Lightning. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll probably have more on the Hawks on our next episode. But like you said, Lakina, uh, scoring may not be the issue eventually, but your goaltending issue will be an issue. Of course, Malcolm Subban uh, started on Wednesday, did not look good. Uh, it's going to be a carousel all season long, guys. Uh, I'm not saying you're going to be Detroit and have the worst record in the NHL. <laughs> Maybe it won't be the bad thing for the Hawks. I don't know. But uh, it, it's going to be a struggle this year. But the, those young kids, they're going to fight and play hard. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe they don't. I doubt it. But uh, we're all waiting and seeing, and we're going to find out together. So, like I said, we'll probably have more on the Blackhawks on our net, next episode next week. Ah, yeah. So, a couple, a couple of White Sox notes. Lance Hendricks, you know, the newest, um, Liam Hendricks, I should say, Lance Hendricks, mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks, you know, the newest White Sox, you know, middle relief guy, you know, you got guys, look, you never have too many bullpen guys, especially if you're the White Sox, so what about that move? It's a great move for the White Sox uh, on paper. Me personally, I thought this should have kept Alex Colomay, but for whatever reason, they decided to move on from him, but uh, you get a better uh, closer in, in Hendricks. Uh, he shuts guys down. Uh, he was one of the top relievers uh, in the American League last year with Oakley, has been for the last couple of years. And now that, that bullpen on paper uh, looks stacked, especially uh, toward the end of that bullpen with you can have your backup, your setup guy, and Aaron Bummer, who's your left-hander, and you come in with a right-hander in the ninth inning with, with Hendricks. Tony LaRusso has some toys to play with now in that bullpen, which was not bad last year, even though they were dealing with injuries, especially toward the end of the regular season. Uh, with, with the full bolt, Tony Russo has parts to play with, and you gotta love it. Oh yeah, he'll definitely have his have his toys to play with too, and I'm sure he's gonna take full advantage, Mr. Russo. I know I've had my I know I've had my dreads about him being hired, but look, you got a veteran guy that knows what to do and play, has the toys to do it, so he'll he'll definitely have his choices. Yeah, pressure's gonna be hint- on him, especially now playing in the bigger market. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I think he look. He's already called us with the south side south side slider, so. He's, I think he's proved that he can handle it. Um, a couple of quick no, notes. As long as the opponent swing and miss at him, that's fine by me. Just don't yeah. have him land in left and right fields, and I'm good. <laughs> okay, what do you think about, real quick, what do you think about the, the, the coaching stuff so far? Robert Sala is now with the Giants. Urban Meyer is now with the Jags. And um, some yes. reports are coming out saying that Dan Campbell is a, is a favorite. The, the uh, San Francisco coach, Dan Campbell, is a favorite to get the new, uh, be the new Lions coach. Uh, real quick, what was uh, Sally? He's with the Jets. Uh, uh, he's going to bring a new energy to that team. Uh, I'm interested to see who they're going to draft um, uh, w- with their first-round pick. Will it, will it be Justin Fields or will it be somebody else? Will they keep Sam Darnold? Uh, who knows? But I think um, uh, he's going to do fine 
with the Jets. Of course, his defensive units with the San Francisco 49ers over the last three, four years have been tops. The Jets' defense, they still need a pass rusher, but they need to start uh, uh, fixing the offense. So this is going to take another year or, or two. Now, the other coaching hire, uh, Urban Meyer with Jacksonville, is going to be Justin Fields with Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so that's why he's down there. So, And that's going to take some time as well. So Jacksonville, they have uh, Robinson, James Robinson, their running back. He looks like he's going to be a nice piece. Uh, they still need another uh, stud wide receiver. I know DJ Shark is good, but you need somebody else to go alongside him. And you got to revamp that defense. I know Miles Jack is still there uh, from, uh, from a couple years ago. Uh, you still need a, a, a couple more pass rushes. So it's still going to take some time down there in Jacksonville. Well, very interesting, though, too, nonetheless. Real quick, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Of course, NFL playoffs, the divisional round, I think all those games are going to be competitive. Of course, everybody's talking about Breeze and Brady on Sunday. That's going to be the marquee game. I'm actually looking forward to the Saturday games, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun as well. So I'm looking forward to those two games. Of course, in, in back to basketball, can the Bulls keep up the fight and perhaps turn it around and start winning some of these games down the stretch? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I hope – I'm, I'm sure they can. I hope that – at least get a fight from – let's get, get that fight yeah. going. Um, I'm looking forward to both both the divisional round games. I mean, they both look very exciting. We may see an upset, maybe two. Who knows? Um, more uh, baseball moves. You know, we're going to see more and more of these moves. DJ LeMahieu just got a big contract, $90 million with the Yankees. That's all pretty much a ball, but official. So that'll be it too. Also a little bit of soccer too, a little Premier League. You got Liverpool and Man U for battle for first place at the top of the table. So on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. So a lot of a busy sports weekend too, Sid. So in mid-January, yeah. you got to love it. Yes, you have the love. And that's why we do what we do. So we can bring you our thoughts and uh, expert analysis. And we also tell you, what you can see uh, looking ahead. So this is the fun time of year, especially in football, and so um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we're not, we're no, we're no, we're no, we're no fortune tellers, folks. Don't take our piss at face value. Sure, when it comes to the Bears. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So on that note, you can follow me. Who's not, who's not saying too much? <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can go to our website at wearerigalradio.com. That's, excuse me, W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-radio.com. You can also catch our podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from War Media in the scope of Josh Hitch, what Kyle Means does. That David show and flipping friends and all of the special uh, programming via the podcast. You should simply search for War on Anchor Radio. Download your podcast, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W A R R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W A R R Media. You can also watch our podcast. We, you can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Uh all right, like, share, and ah! <laughs> I'll just start doing this for now. I'm done. <laughs> like, Divas, don't kiss to the crowd. Oh, <laughs> gosh, oh, gosh. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and, on, and on that note, though, guys, enjoy the sports. You know, keep your hands clean. You know, we're, we're almost there, though, guys. We're almost there. So you just got to you know, wear your mask and keep your hands clean. Keep your distance. So first sit on the key. This is Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you next week. See you next time. Holla! <laughs>